Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me, if you would, real quickly to Mark's Gospel, the first chapter of Mark. Mark chapter 1. I will make reference to the previous uh, message that, uh, uh, or the previous series. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit today. I've got a, uh, I bit the the uh, the backside of my tongue. I chewed something crazy, and it's and it's you know how it's first kind of swells up, and I, it's hard to talk today. So I feel like I'm 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 uh, kind of saying my words wrong. But anyway, I'm trying to. Trying to avoid, you know, uh, getting a hold of that again. But uh, <laughs> uh, in our previous series, we closed out a series entitled The Coming Restoration. And uh, we're not going to go over there today, but we read from Acts chapter 3 where it says that there would be times of restoration uh, before the coming of the Lord. And we, did, we identified three areas that must be restored uh, in the body of Christ before Jesus returns. And that's a restoration of, 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 G, of the power of Christ, Jesus' power, re, a restoration of the character of Christ, and a resurrection or, or restoration, rather, of the authority of Christ. And so we finished that series. But today, I, I feel like it's good uh, to... Look into this business of authority to get a better understanding of the authority of Christ and really the authority that we have in Christ so that we'll know more about it because there is a conviction in my heart, but it's not just in my heart. It's been a, it's been a theme, a conviction, a sense, uh, a, a witness in the hearts of men and women of God for many, many years that before Jesus returns, the body of Christ will rise up like a mighty army, a spiritual army. I'm not talking about some kind of flaky something. I'm talking about an army of believers arising and taking their rightful place and acting like Jesus acted when he was here on the earth. Now, in order for the church to to arise to this place of authority, we also know there must be a restoration of character. Amen. There's, there's too many people who live loose lives. They, they walk as close to the world as they can walk, and, you know, without, you know, falling off the cliff, you know, and, and backsliding. Well, they're already backslidden. If they're trying to get as close as they can to the world. Now, I want to get way over here as far. I don't even want, I don't even want to look at it. Amen. Now, I'm like my wife when, we, when we're on a mountain road. See, now when I'm on a mountain road, I'm not that way. I like to get over here. I don't know. I just like to get over here. And, uh, and she said, get over there. She doesn't like that. Well, in my Christian walk, I'm over there. Amen. I'm not interested in, in seeing how uh, close to the world I can live. I'm becoming more and more interested every day in seeing how close to Jesus I can live. How close I can live to the Lord and to his word. Amen. And so before there can be a restoration of power and authority, there must be a restoration of character. But we're talking today about authority and, and what it means uh, for the believer to walk in the authority of Christ. Now let me, uh, uh, let's, let's go over 
Hold your place here. Let's go over to, we'll come back. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians, the first chapter. There's something that, that we must settle. There's something that we must uh, get established before we can go really very far in this study. And it's, it's uh, revealed here in this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul was writing to the church of, at, at Ephesus and he prayed for them. And he uh, uh, you know, gave the substance of what he prayed. He detailed it. But how many of you know that this wasn't just for the church at Ephesus? This was a prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit given through the Apostle Paul. If it was good for the church at Ephesus, it's good for the church at High Springs. It's good for this church here. It's good for a church anywhere. Isn't that right? And so this is a spirit uh, anointed, a spirit inspired prayer that uh, we need to lay hold of. In verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And here's what he prayed, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now what we're going to be talking about uh, in the area of the authority of Christ and how it pertains to us, in order for us to see it and act on it like we should, we must have the revelation of the Spirit. This truth is I have found and others have said but I have found in my own life that the truth of the authority of the believer that's the authority of Christ that the believer is to operate in that this truth is one that the devil will fight harder than he'll fight anything. They'll bring, there'll be more opposition to the preacher who preaches it. There'll be more opposition to the believer who, who responds to it and receives it than any other thing. So I'm telling you, this is, we're on dangerous territory. But ultimately, the danger is the devil's because we're not afraid of his devices. Amen. And, and he, will, he will oppose you in the operation of this authority and he, will, and he will endeavor to keep you blinded to this truth. And so there are, there are things in the word of God, you know, you can go to church and you can read your Bible and sort of skim, you know, sort of skim, just kind of read through and you can gain a certain amount of information. But if you really want to lay hold of truth, if you really want God to reveal himself to you, you have to seek that. You have to approach the word of God with reverence. You have to approach the word of God with hunger. You have to approach it with an open heart. And, and here the apostle said, I pray that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Notice the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. There are things that you simply will not get unless the Holy Spirit enlightens you. And you can, you can sit in a church service and you can hear words spoken. 
from the pulpit and you can gain a certain amount of understanding up here. In other words, you're, you're, you're intelligent, you can understand what is said and you can lay hold of a certain amount of it, but in order for you to get the truth as it needs to be um, experienced in your life, it takes the Holy Spirit taking this word and revealing it to you, enlightening you. And that's what the Apostle Paul prayed here. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, now notice, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The, the, the riches of the glory. I'm telling you what, our inheritance is rich and glorious. And uh, we as believers have only tapped into so much of it. I'm not talking about something outside the Bible. I'm talking about the word of God. You know people that when they talk to you about the word of God, you think to yourself, oh boy, they, 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 they get more from this than I do. If you, you ever talked to somebody like that, it's just alive. When they talk to you, you can tell it's a living thing in their lives. And you think, well, it's not that way with me. I need to get back to God, you know, All right? Well, he, he wants us to have the revelation of the riches of his glory. He goes on, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Now notice, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, and it's according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now notice, a lot of people in their thoughts, they read this, but in their thoughts, they, they stop right there. Ooh, the power, the power that was exerted when Jesus was raised from the dead. Ooh, what power was involved. He said, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, according to the working of his mighty, mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and, when he raised him from the dead and, and what? and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And he goes on to describe more about the nature of his seating and what that meant. We'll get into that in more detail in a minute. But I want you to notice that there is great power, verse 19, there is exceedingly great power toward us. And it's, and it's according to the very power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, a lot of people have the idea, or let me put it this way, they have an understanding of power. They think about the power that was exerted when Jesus was raised from the dead, the strength of God's glory that would raise Jesus up. The word power is, uh, is sort of self-explanatory. We might, we might not understand the depth of it, but we have, an, we have a pretty good idea of what power means. But what about authority? See, if you ask people what authority is, people are very unclear sometimes. Well, what is authority? According to the Bible, authority is delegated power. Let me repeat that. Authority is power delegated to someone. Now, it's different than just the raw power. It's delegated power. And I like to illustrate it. I, I've, I've heard it, I've seen it written and, and you've read it. I've heard other people, but I just can't come up with a better, better example of the delegation of, uh, of power than with a law enforcement officer. The policeman who is 
uh, going about his business, and let's say a police officer is directing traffic. Something's happened, it could be a school crossing or it could be a traffic jam or an accident or something, but you have an officer standing in the road directing traffic. Now that officer doesn't have the power to stop cars. Car weighs, you know, you know, a ton or more. And here's a police officer standing out there and he weighs 180, 200 pounds, you know. Uh, and he just steps out in the road and puts his hand up like this and cars come to a, a screeching halt. He doesn't have the power to stop that car. But see that badge that's pinned on his chest? That badge is a badge of a, he has authority to stop that car and, and people pay attention. People yield to that authority. Now, he, like I said, if, if, if somebody wanted to violate that authority and run him over, they could do that. But if they do, they're gonna find out there's power behind that authority because the power is gonna come after them. Isn't that right? Somebody is gonna come and hold them accountable and if they, and if they don't yield to the authority then, they'll yield to the power. Isn't that right? Because there's power behind that authority. It's delegated authority. And that officer has the right. He has been, uh, uh, what is the term? He's been authorized. He's been, uh, huh? Help me out. Commissioned, warranted. He has the right. I, I mean, be a big old, you know, 18 wheeler, big old tractor trailer. And it'll just come to a screeching halt because what? He has authority. Well, he knows he has authority. He trusts in that authority. He, he, now he knows if, if, if on his days off, if he's standing on the curb somewhere and he just steps out in traffic, does something, you know, puts his hand up, he's liable to be run over because there's no authority there. But when he's operating under authority, he knows his, and because he knows his authority, he fearlessly stands in the place of danger and says, stop, come no further. And it stops. Well, there is tremendous power toward us. And we know that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we receive power dunamis, dynamic, miracle-working power. There is power in the believer's life when it comes to uh, ministering and certain things, but there's also authority, and authority is different than power. It's delegated power. And the power that's directed towards us has to do with that authority, the delegation of that power. Because he said, I want you to have a revelation of the power, the exceeding greatness of his power that is directed to you and it's according to the work, it's according to, this power that we're talking about here is according to the working of the mighty power when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand far above principalities, powers, might, and see he's talking about authority. God raised Jesus to a place. His power raised him to a place of authority. And that's what he's wanting us to get a hold of. Amen. Now, have you found Mark chapter one? If you haven't found Mark chapter one, just close your Bible and look on with somebody else. 
Mark chapter 1. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 1. And let's look at verse 21. Then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his preaching. Is that what it says? Teaching. Jesus preached, but he also taught. And if you go through the New Testament, you'll find out that it says more about his teaching than it does about his preaching. Come on now, it's true. The the New Testament, the Gospels say more about Jesus' teaching than it does his preaching. Listen, preaching's important, teaching's more important. I said teaching isn't, preaching is important, but teaching is more important. Amen. It says that they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Notice he taught with authority. Now, now what kind of authority? A bossy authority? Was it just a, a, a kind of a, 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 a bold arrogance? Was that what it was? They were, impre- were, were they impressed with his uh, uh, bodaciousness? No. There was in the synagogue, a man in the synagogue, there with an unclean spirit. He had a demon in him. And he cried out, the man did, and said, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you, just, did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet and come out of him. Now, in the margin of my Bible where it says, be quiet, I'm reading from a new King James. And where it says, be quiet, it says, literally, be muzzled. Let me tell you, if, if you want to put it in modern language, Jesus said, shut your flap. <laughs> shut up. Jesus said, shut up and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine? The the word doctrine there is the same Greek word, identical Greek word that's translated teaching. Remember it says that they were uh, astonished at his teaching, same word. They said, that they were, they were all amazed. They questioned among themselves saying, what in the world is this? What teaching is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the regions around Galilee. I'm telling you, there was something about Jesus that got people's attention and it was the authority that he operated in. Amen. Go on down to verse number 32. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Go on down to verse 39. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and what? Casting out demons. Now turn over to the second chapter of Mark. Now you'll find these same things recorded in Matthew and Luke as well. But I like Mark's account of these a little bit better. There's a little more detail 
in Mark's account of these instances. In verse number 10, now this was to give you a little background. Jesus went to a place in there and he was teaching the word. He was at somebody's house and, and there was a man who was paralyzed and he couldn't get in you know, before Jesus. And so some friends of his uh, took him and they went up on the roof and they uh, made a, a, a way to lower him on his couch. He was bedridden and they lowered him down in the midst before Jesus and uh, Jesus ministered to him. So that's just a quick uh, summary. But uh, Jesus said, Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, the man on the, on, the, on the bed, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk. Take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power. Now, if, you're, if your Bible says power there, mine does. But I went through the New Testament because I know that there are a lot of places that this word exousia, in the Greek it's the word exousia, and sometimes it's translated power, sometimes it's translated authority. Why would the translators translate it one way one time and another way another time? I have no idea. Doesn't make any sense to me. But it's the same word that we've already read when we read the word authority. They were amazed at the, the authority by which he spoke, same word. And so here it says, let me find my verse again. Where am I at verse, uh, huh? 10, yes, yes, I was on the wrong page. That you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So again, we're talking about authority. Uh, he said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Well, praise God. It's time for people to see something like this. Chapter 3, verse 7. But when Jesus withdrew with his uh, disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea. And uh, go down to verse number 13. And he went up on the mountain and called to them, called to him those he himself wanted and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Now I want you to notice, Jesus had this authority, but now we see people other than Jesus with this authority. We see ordinary men. Jesus gave this same authority that, that he had to his disciples. I, I, I remember, I, I think two weeks ago, just in kind of introducing this, I told you a little bit about how I got back in a fellowship with the Lord as just a young man, 20-year-old man. And, and the thing that so struck me as I read through the Gospels, I mean, when I got back in a fellowship with the Lord, I just started consuming the Word. I would just read it day and night. And as I read through the Gospels, I was just so taken. I was so impressed with the man Jesus. I mean, he was different than, and I had read these stories as a child, but somehow as a child, they just seemed to be stories. But suddenly, I, I was reading about the, the actual Lord Jesus Christ as a man, and I saw something about him that I never saw in anybody, and it was this authority that he had. I mean, he, he walked with, a, with, a, with an assurance, and he did things and said things in a way that no one has ever done or said. People were amazed and I was amazed. I wasn't there, but I was amazed reading about it. But I noticed then that this authority, 
I, at first, it never occurred to me. The first few times I read through the New Testament, it still didn't dawn on me that there was any chance that anybody else could be like him. I just thought Jesus stood in a, in a, a class completely by himself and nobody could, could aspire to walk like he walked. I found out that wasn't true. Now, before you go out of here and mis, misquote me, misrepresent me, as a person, Jesus is in a class by himself. Are you listening to me? As, as a person, in his person, he is in a class by himself. He is the second person of the Godhead, the son of the living God. And in that sense, there's no one like him, ever has been, ever will be. He stands in a class by himself. But as it pertains to the way he walked and the way he functioned, the church has looked at him in that class by himself and they've said never, the, the people of his day say, said about him, no one ever spoke like he spoke. And so Christians have picked that up and they said, and no one ever will speak like he spoke. No one ever will do what he did. No one will ever act like he acted. That's not correct. He is in a class by himself as it pertains to who he is, but what he did and how he operated, he was not in a class by himself. He laid down his life to lift us up so that we could all walk, talk, and act like he walked and talked and acted. Now we see the first hint of it right here. He, he operated in authority. He healed the sick. He cast out devils. But then he gave authority to his disciples to heal the sick and to cast out demons. Do you see verse 15? Mark three fifteen. He said to Simon and Peter, you know, and, and, and anyway, he sent them all out. If you go on over to, that's the third chapter. Go, go down to verse number Okay, I tell you what, go over to chapter four. That'll give us a better idea. Go to chapter four. Hallelujah. In verse number 40, verse number 35, let's start in 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and, and, and the waves beat into the boat so that he was already, it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Now this, this is an amazing story. I had hoped that Captain Kirby would be here today, but he's out at sea, I guess. You know, Captain Kirby Clies, he's, he's been a, a, a fishing boat captain. He has his own boats, you know, and, and he's a, a professional, you know, commercial fisherman. And I guess over the years... He has spent literally years out on the water fishing in, in, in a large boat. And I wanted him to confirm this, but I think this is generally true. When, when you're out on the sea, now he was on the, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee. When you're out in the open water like this, and it says a great windstorm arose so that the waves were beating into the boat and it was beginning to fill. That is not a small, uh, that's not just white caps. I mean, this was a serious situation. And the, built, the boat was beginning to fill. They were taking on water. Well, you know, you can only take on so much water. 
until you, you, know, you reach an equilibrium and then the boat's going down. Isn't that right? And so it's, they're in a storm. The wind is howling. The boat is going up and then it's going down. And it's going up and it's going. I mean, it almost makes me sick thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I struggle sometimes with motion sickness. If I, it, when I go out on a boat like that, I mean, I have to get my confession up real good before I go out, you know. I mean, I fight that. Uh, I can only imagine. They're going up and they're going down and it's howling and the waves are coming in the boat and it's getting ready to, you know, fill up with water. And Jesus is asleep, says on a pillow, we would say a cushion. He was asleep in the back of the boat on a cushion. Asleep. I mean, that would have made me mad just... What are you, how can you sleep? That's just not right. He was not disturbed the least bit. He was in the back of the boat, asleep on a cushion. And, and they're pulling their hair out. They're, they're, you know, they're frantic. They don't know what to do. And finally they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, I don't know. I, 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 I might be reading something into this but it sounds a little bit like they might have been put out. I mean, there might have been a little edge to it. Are you kidding me? Do you not even care? Do you not even care? <laughs> so then he arose. I can just see him. <sighs> Rebuked the sea, the wind, and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I mean, like that. He gets up, stretches. When? Stop it. See? Be still. Everything's normal. And he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Do you not care? What's wrong with you? Don't you even care? No, what's wrong with you? It's not good to rebuke the Lord. <laughs> little inside tip. You, you, you're generally not going to fare well. Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, they didn't say anything to him again. They said to one another, who can this be? Who is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Well, you see that, Again, this was just evidence of the fact that he operated in, a, in an authority from another world. No one ever saw anything like that. But he also gave this authority to men. In his, I mean, right there in his lifetime. Go over to Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 10. Now listen, I know I'm going over some things you've heard, but listen, if you, if you, don't, if you don't, if you're not careful... You won't get revelation. Stay open. Let the Spirit of God speak to you because I'm going to tell you what. When it comes to our authority in Christ, none of us, I said not a one of us, are operating in exercising the authority that is ours. We have a lot to learn. 
and I have a conviction, like I said, other people have a conviction and have had this leading and have written about it and talked about it down through the years that before Jesus Christ comes back, the church will arise with the authority of Christ, do the works of Christ. Well, when is it gonna start? Business as usual is not acceptable. It is time for the church to rise up and not just know about it up here, but get the real revelation down in their hearts and start acting on it. Amen. I'm telling you what, I'm go, I go over these scriptures because I know there's something I need to get. There's something I need to get a hold of. Now in the ninth chapter of Luke, I tell, what did I tell you, 10? Go back to nine. See, a lot of people have this. This is another tradition that has robbed the church. People have said, well, his apostles. You know, Jesus gave this authority to the 12 apostles and his apostles did these things. But when the last apostle died, that was the end of the miraculous. That was the end of this kind of special authority, this kind of power. It was just to a select few. Well, in the ninth chapter, he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of, of God and to heal the sick. Verse six says, they departed, went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. <clears throat> now, that's in the ninth chapter. Jesus then continues ministering and while those people are still out, while the, while the 12 are still out on this assignment, look at chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face and so forth. And in verse nine, he told them, heal the sick, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And uh, in verse 16, he who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Now, some time passed. In verse 17, it says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So this wasn't the 12. This was 70 others. Who are they? Who were they? We don't even know who they were. Their names are not recorded. They were nobody in that sense. They, they, were, they were of no reputation. We don't even know who they are. They were just ordinary people. So again, we see that men on occasion were given this authority, the same authority that Jesus had, and they acted just like he did, did just what he did, said what he said, got the same results he got. Amen. 70 men. 70 people. I don't know if they were men, but they were you know, people. Men may have been women. 70 people. They got the same results. Well, hallelujah. They said, Lord, whew, even the demons obey us in your name. He said, I saw. He said to them, this is how he responded to that, to that word. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Listen, Jesus said, I've been around a long time. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. 
Now that's just a that's just a, 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 a just refers to the devil, serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at verse twenty. Well, twenty verse twenty says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits or demons are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Who did he reveal these things to? Who did he give authority to? Wise and prudent? Those especially called and equipped? Those with special ministries? No, 70 babies. 70 ordinary folk. Just just the rank and file, ordinary guys. I'm telling you, church, the authority of Christ operates through men when they receive that authority and are enlightened as to what they have. That same authority operates through people. Now, it operated then, but it wasn't just for them. Go back with me to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. We call this the Great Commission. He who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow the apostles. Is that what that said? These signs shall follow the prophets. No. These signs shall follow evangelists. These signs shall follow pastors. These signs shall follow those who have special ministries. These signs will follow certain ones. No, he said these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Ordinary people, not the wise and prudent, not not a special class of people, ordinary people. Now, we have established, we're just about out of time. We have established that Jesus had authority that was from another world. That in his day, he spoke like no one ever spoke. He did things no one had ever done. He taught with authority that was amazing. He, he, people were astonished that he had authority over sickness. He had authority over demons. He had authority over nature, the wind and the sea. They were astonished but we also see that he delegated that same authority to others who were his followers. Now we see that. We're gonna see going forward, forward that this same authority has been delegated to the church and to every single member of the church. Young and old, rich, young and, and, and old, rich and poor, 
great and small, every believer has been given the same authority. Now, it's one thing just to acknowledge that. It's another thing to operate in it. I'm praying. I'm believing God. Get in agreement with me. Pray with me. Help me on this. That, that we will see more than we've seen. That we'll understand it better than we've understood it. That we'll get a, a revelation of it that will enable us to actually rise up in this, in this hour, in this critical hour of the church and become God's champions, God's men and women who will actually do exploits in the name of Jesus. The only reason we don't do it is because we haven't seen it enough, we don't understand it enough, we've only had a small revelation, and then we've been fearful to act on the little we've, that, we've, that we know. We've got, listen, every member of the body of, every single member of the body of Christ has this. This authority was given to you when you were born again. You have this authority whether you realize it or not. But unless you realize it, it won't, you do, it won't do you any good. And then once you realize, unless you act on it, it won't do you any good. But when we fully realize it, begin to act on it, we will arise. I said, we will arise like, the, like spiritual giants in this earth. That's the plan of God. Listen, it's revolutionary. It, it's, it's, this message is intended to stir you up and, and to put a hunger in you because we're going someplace, church. We're going somewhere before Jesus comes back. Now we're going with him when he comes back, but he's waiting on the precious fruit of the earth to come in and it's gonna take fire in this generation. It's gonna take the gospel priest with the authority of heaven, the power of God, with signs and wonders accompanying us just like it accompanied them. It's gonna take that to win this generation. This is not a pipe dream. This is not just something that sounds good. This is the Bible and we've known about it too long. I said we've known about it too long. We've known about it too long to not be acting on what we know. Amen. Hallelujah. It's gonna take the Holy Ghost. We're not gonna do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. You stay open. You stay, don't just stay open, stay hungry. Put a demand on the spirit of God. Say, God, open my heart to that so that I can see what it is you're saying to us. Hallelujah. Don't you have a desire to be that kind of person that God can use? Don't you have that kind of desire? Do you, don't you, isn't, that, isn't there something in you that, that responds? Yeah, I, I was created for this. Yeah, it's there. If you'll, if you'll look down on the inside, it's there. I didn't put it there. God put it there. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Let's just stand up for a minute. Just give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Father, we, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Father, we want to be everything we should be. We know, Lord, that we that we don't see everything we should. We know, Father, that we haven't, we haven't even acted on that that we have seen as we should and as we could have. Father, forgive us for staying like we've been 
longer than we should have. But Father, we want to go further. Father, we want to receive the enlightenment. We want the spirit of wisdom and revelation imparted to us so that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we will know what is the hope of your calling, that we will know what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance, that we will know and understand the exceeding greatness of the power that's been delegated to us, that's, that's, that where we're authorized. It's according to his Jesus' resurrection and his seating with authority. Father, give us a vision of the throne, of, of our being enthroned together with him, seated with him in a place of authority. Give us the revelation of that that we need, Father, so that we can see it. Oh, glory to God. It's not, it, we, we cannot just jump and do we cannot move beyond real revelation. But when we see it, faith comes. Then we can act. Then we can act on what we know. Glory to God. Father, help us, we pray. We humble ourselves, Lord. Help us. We want to be the people we should be. We want to be the church we ought to be. We want to be the light we can be. Father, hallelujah. We open our hearts to receive more from you. Hallelujah. More understanding. We, we have the authority. We have the power. We, we, we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in, in that regard, but it, the understanding of it, to be able to comprehend what is the height and length and depth and breadth of the matter, Oh, Father, that, we're asking you for that. And we know, we're, we know we're on track because you said you want us to have it. Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus to have the very thing we're asking for. So we know, it, we know it's your will. Thank you for it, Father. By faith, we receive the understanding. By faith, we receive the revelation. And we thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Times of restoration involve times of preparation. Before restoration can come, there must be preparation. Prepare yourselves. Prepare your own way. Prepare your own course because only you can speak to your course only you can direct your steps. Only you can pursue what I put on your heart, says the Lord. So prepare yourself and then I'll prepare you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, praise the Lord. He's getting us ready. I said he's getting us ready. We're in the last days, church. We're in the last days. We've known that for a long time. It's time to act like it. Yeah. It's 
time to gear up. It's time to gear up. Amen. Amen. You know, when a, when a great military campaign has been planned, I'm thinking about, you know, D-Day. Weeks and weeks and weeks and months went into, pl into planning that great invasion. But finally the day came. And it was time to gear up. It's time for the soldiers, they, 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 okay, this is, this is the day. We're leaving today. They got on board those landing crafts. And, and they, had, they had their guns, they had their artillery. We're, we're gonna do this. Amen? Well, the day has come. We're in the last days. This offensive has been planned from the beginning of time. Orders have come down. Amen. We're, it's time to roll. It's time to roll. Glory to God. And so we're getting, we're getting suited up here. Amen. For the last days. Glory. I'd rather be living now than any time in the history of, of mankind. Wow. The consummation of the church age. The days just before the return of the Lord. Whew, glorious days. Glorious days. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 There's much to be done. Hallelujah. There's much to be done. And you know what? He believes we can do it. He has not planned it for somebody else. He's planned it for babes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like a babe to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's planned it for us. He's planned it for us. The armor, the artillery, the equipment on D-Day was what they needed. Some of them were trembling as they were approaching, but they were equipped. You might be trembling, but we're equipped. We're equipped. We're equipped. Amen. He has made provision. He knows what he's doing. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.